And now, these three remain. Faith, hope, love. What is biblical hope? In our second installment of this series, we want to explore that question. We want to explore the main differences between hope as it is used and described on earth and hope, biblical hope that is, which is described and manifested in both the Old and the New Testaments. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our services, both for those who are here in person and those who are here online. We're so very thankful that we have this opportunity today to study God's word, to help us gain a little bit more insight in what God gives us. Let us pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and this time. Thank you, Father, for guiding us throughout this day. Thank you for blessing us. Father, we know that without you, we would be the most pitied of, of, of anything. But, Father, we know that because of your love and kindness, Father, you allow us to have faith in you. Because of your love and kindness, Father, you give us reason to have hope. Because of your love and kindness, Father, you show us what love truly is about. And, Father, may we continue to prosper and grow in our faith. May we continue to maintain our hope. And, Father, may we always have a love not only for you, Father, but for one another. Father, these things we pray and thank you for in Christ Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. Would you turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to be reading the first four verses there, and I apologize for not having the PowerPoint with me tonight. It's just I made a mistake and picked up the wrong thumb drive uh, that I was using. And when I was using for work, I picked up that one versus the one I was supposed to be bringing with me tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting at verse 1, and the Bible reads, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. And we want to skip down to verse 13. And verse 13 says, So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love.
In our previous study, we said that faith was made up of three elements. Precise knowledge. And those are the words of Christ Jesus that we find in the Bible. Number two, an act of the will in responding to this knowledge in belief and obedience. And number three, the experience of joy, determination, and confidence or hope. In this installment tonight, I would like to examine the idea of hope more closely and in doing so to see it as the natural outgrowth of a sincere faith. I want to take us back to 1971, April 27th to be exact. It's fair to say I was old enough <laughs> to remember those days well. There was a group called The Temptations, and they released a song entitled Just My Imagination. It was about a man who imagined a non-existent relationship with a woman up to and including marriage and children. In the end, he stated, it was just my imagination, once again, running away with me. I think this is how the world interprets the idea of hope. It is just another word for wishing, another word for dreaming. It is another word for using our imagination. For example... I hope to win the lottery. Or I hope it is nice for the picnic. Or I hope you will have a great vacation. Most, for most people, hope is seen as a, a fine gesture, if you will, of goodwill or the expression of an unfaithful desire. The English word, hope, however, has a much narrower meaning. According to Webster's Dictionary, hope means a confident expectation that a desire will be fulfilled. And when the Bible uses hope, it uses it in this sense. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word Hope meant a cord or an attachment, signifying that a person was attached in safety. By the time, by the time of the book, by the time the book of Job was written, this word included a sense of longing and expectation. And when David and Solomon expressed this idea in their writings, they included all three concepts of hope, security, desire, and waiting. I want to take us to Psalm 16. Psalm 16, uh, verse, verse 9. Psalm 16 at verse 9. Listen to David. Psalm 16 at verse 9. The Bible reads, 
the heart of man plans his way. And I took you to the wrong verse. The mindset that we have here is this right here. My flesh shall also rest in hope. Oh, no wonder I took you to the wrong verse. I went to the wrong verse. Okay. Let's try this again. Psalm 16. Ah, instead of Proverbs. Something was wrong. Psalm 16 at verse 9. The Bible reads, Therefore my heart is glad, and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. So what what they're trying to tell us here that is still not the right verse, but that's okay. Let's go to Proverbs chapter fourteen. Proverbs chapter fourteen, verse thirty two. The Bible reads, the wicked is overthrown through his evil doing, but the righteous find refuge or hope in his death. The New Testament writers used the word hope in only one way, and that was to express the idea that one anticipates, usually with pleasure, what one waits for in the world. The general use of the word hope is akin to wishing, dreaming, or imagining something. But what we find is this, the writers of the Bible used the word hope when they wanted to convey that someone had a confident expectation of a future blessing of some kind. There is one important difference between the meaning of the word hope that is in the dictionary and the meaning of the word hope contained in the Bible. Hope in Webster's is based on the idea that one is relatively sure that things are going to work out. For example, and uh, any of us has ever been in college or even high school can relate to this one. You have worked hard on your math class. You've done well on the assignments and all of the previous tests. Therefore, you hope to succeed on the final. And based on what you know, your hope to pass the exam is well-founded. Of course, things can change. You can have an accident en route to to the class. You could have a bad night. Or the teacher decided to change the questions and ask you obscure questions uh, from material that you didn't really cover in class. 
the hope referred to in Webster's then is relative. It's relative. That is why they call it hope. They are pretty sure something is going to happen, but not 100%. When the Bible mentions hope, it is talking about something that is 100% sure. The Bible uses the term hope when it refers to something that is not yet present or visible, but it is certain to take place. Webster's uses the term hope when it refers to something not yet present or visible, but pretty sure it's going to happen. Can you see the difference in this? Pretty sure versus 100% sure. The difference between the two concepts is based on the issue of guarantee. In the world, in the world, only human strength, human intelligence, and human honor can guarantee what one hopes for. Since there is a limit on these, there is only a limited guarantee for our hope. It's a limited guarantee because we never really know for sure. But we turn to the Bible. God is the one who guarantees what we hope for. And since there are no limitations on God, there is no limitation on his guarantee for what we hope for. For hope, our hope, therefore, is sure. Psalm 71 at verse 5. Psalm 71 at verse 5. What we see here is a simple truth that God shares with us. Psalm 71 at verse 5, the Bible reads, For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my confidence from my youth. When we think about God, we find that God is the foundation. God is the guarantor. God is the provider of all we hope for. So then, with that said, using logic, the odds of us receiving what we hope for in Christ Jesus is 100%. 100% sure. Would you turn to uh, if Hebrews chapter 11 at verse 1? Hebrews chapter 11 at verse 1. I knew those elbows would pay off, Scott. I got my amen. (laughs) Hebrews 11 at verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. So the Hebrew writer tells us that faith produces a feeling of confidence that we will receive the things we hope for and the things we confidently expect to receive. Herein lies another difference between Webster's hope and the hope spoken of in the Bible. Hope in this world is for things we do not have now but expect to have in the future. Maybe. 
maybe in the future I may have good health in the future I may have prosperity and the list goes on and on biblical hope on the other hand is certain because God not only guarantees it but God has already given to us the things we hope for we simply do not see all of them yet and this is what the author of, of the Hebrew letter is getting at in this passage. By faith, he wants us to know, by faith we accept as sure that God has already given us the things we hope for, but are unseen for the moment. A good example of this, and kids can definitely relate to this one, a good example of this phenomenon takes place at Christmas. Just think about it. We have the presents. They're all under the tree. Our names are on the boxes. They are ours, but we haven't taken possession of them yet. But we have to wait until Christmas morning in order to unwrap and actually see them and take possession of them. Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. And after reading this text, we'll be going to Ephesians 1 at verse 3. We'll get there. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25. Paul, the Bible reads, For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. And then Ephesians 1 at verse 3. Ephesians 1 at verse 3. Ephesians 1 at verse 3, the Bible reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Note that in Ephesians 1 at verse 3, Paul says that every spiritual blessing has already been given. Everything that we can ever hope for, forgiveness, peace, freedom from condemnation and punishment, eternal life, spiritual power and character. All of these have already been given to us. Some of the things we already perceive in ourselves and some we do not. But the point that the Bible makes is this that we already possess them. That is our hope. And in that hope, we are secure. And it's fair to say we are 100% secure. Webster doesn't explain it. But the way we have hope in the world is through effort, which is to say in the world, we need to work hard. We need to prepare. We need to invest. We need to hope for the best. For example, 
The student who is lazy, never does homework, pays little attention in class, and refuses any attempt to get help cannot have real hope of passing the test. Remember what we read Sunday in Proverbs chapter 26 at verse 15. Proverbs chapter 26 at verse 15. You remember that? It talked about a lazy person. In Proverbs chapter 26 at verse 15, the Bible reads, The sluggard buries his hand in a dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The lazy student can wish or dream or even imagine, but he cannot have hope because hope is confident expectation based on effort or some guarantee. The Bible explains that biblical hope is not obtained through effort, but through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, I've explained this in a previous lesson last week, but but let's briefly visit it again. Here's how it works. Faith is produced when a person believes as true that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Math, uh, Mark 16 and verse 16. This belief leads one to respond to him in obedience expressed in repentance and baptism. Acts chapter 2 verses 37 and 38. As a Christian, this person will receive all the spiritual blessings promised by God to those who believe. Again, I take you to Ephesians 1 at verse 3. None of us, not one of us, have worked or prepared in such a way that will guarantee that we will receive these blessings. We are like the student who has neglected his duties and has no chance to pass the test through our own skill and through our own efforts. In comes God. God has abolished the test. God guarantees the rewards to all those who believe and obey Christ Jesus. And you know what? Believing and obeying in Christ Jesus, that is something that all of us are able to do. That is something that all of mankind is able to do. We have hope because through Christ Jesus, we possess all the heavenly blessings Forgiveness and peace, eternal life, freedom from condemnation and punishment, spiritual power and character. We may not see all of them yet, but our names are on every one of them, and God is saving them for us until the appropriate time. And what is the appropriate time? When Christ Jesus comes a second time to reclaim his own. When he comes and we are resurrected like, like children awakened to finally open the gifts that are, that are awaiting us under the tree. So I ask you, do you have hope about heaven? Do you have hope about heaven? Now I don't mean, well, I'm pretty sure about heaven or I think so, I hope so, kind of. I mean, the 100% 
absolutely sure kind of hope that the Bible talks about. To have, rather, you have this hope if you have obeyed Christ Jesus and are faithful to him. So rejoice in this hope. Rejoice in it. Launch out on it. Be courageous in it. Why? Because you already have everything that you hope for. If, on the other hand, you don't have this kind of hope, why not secure it today? Why not attach yourselves with that cord of safety? Like the Old Testament writers used to say, attach yourself with this cord of safety to the Lord today by confessing your faith in him, repenting of your sins, and being baptized in his name. It is in this way that your biblical faith will lead you to biblical hope and the joy that this hope will produce in your heart. So thus far, we have been provided an understanding of biblical faith and biblical hope. I thank you for joining us tonight. Please plan to join us next week as we explore the final installment of this series. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Next week, we will venture into what is biblical love. Thank you.